Mel, I know you know all the players. Is there one player I should watch out for this week? I'm going to say Victor Ochi, Stony Brook defensive end, outside linebacker. High school Kevin, he had a ton of sacks as a junior and senior. Goes to Stony Brook. Off the radar, all he is is sacking quarterbacks, getting after the signal caller. All-star game, impactful player with a good combine, good pro day. Victor Ochi, we're all looking for pass rushers. Robert Mathis didn't go in the first three rounds, okay? Bill Polian grabbed him at a bargain point. Somebody's going to get Victor Ochi third round. is going to have themselves a heck of a player getting after the quarterback. I love these stewards. A kid from Stony Brook. All right. This is the Draft Season Podcast. We are back for a very special episode. This one is really going to hit home for a lot of our listeners. This is home for us. Town business. Town business, you know, Valley Stream, whatever you want to call it, the filthy stream. We're, we're here. We are we are representing today. We have a very special guest, our boy Victor Ochi, stream legend. Talk to him real quick for us. Let's go, y'all. I'm glad to be on here, man. Let's talk. I'm ready to pop some shit. <laughs> Yo, Ochi, man, appreciate you for for hopping on here, man. Seriously, like, and and I could, we were talking about this before, but it's super important for us, especially like 2020 been like an insane year. Yeah, <laughs> really don't know like what what turn, what punch is coming next. So like, we really got to be in this mode of like let people you know we appreciate them, and like especially like somebody who for you guys who don't know, this is Victor Ochi, um, you know, NFL player. Uh, plays college football at Stony Brook, a fellow high school teammate of mine at Valley Stream Central. So shout out to um, everybody um, teammate, in the town. Teammate, teammate <laughs> a loose, is that a loose term? No. Nah, I, nah, I, I, I was in the man. I was in the trenches. I was there. I was there. I was in and like whatever it, it's cool but you know like i had to i had the task of trying to chip that man on a, on it like when i was tight end on on scout team like i was there you know so yeah man um just a just a little background on vic um a native new yorker um he attended stony brook like i said all-time leading sack leader at stony brook university vic when i say that how, how does that make you feel, bro? Because like it's just like I, like I said, we I saw you come up. I saw you putting a lot of this work from the grind two days to to like sessions in in the gym. So I tell you something like that. Like, how does that feel? Because I know a lot of work goes into that that people don't even realize. Yeah, it, it was definitely like something to really just like thank God and be grateful for. For real, it was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. For real, like you said, man, it's a lot of a lot of dirty work. A lot of just you know just to see the product of the work you put in after so much time, you know. Just to have that and to have something for the kids to look up to in the future, I'm grateful, man, for real. Yo, it, it sounds amazing, man. And like right. I said, you made you made us you made us so proud. Like just watching you, like nah, every, every, every every time you had an accomplishment. Like one of my like I'm not, <laughs> I didn't go lie, bro. I think uh, I think it might have been like Madden 17, bro. This is like Yo. I remember because I, I played I played Madden, bro. I played Madden uh, religiously, bro. So it's just yeah. like. And and we get we get into the down and dirty in franchise mode. So when I say yeah, that, so I'm going through <laughs> going through all the free agency, and I'm just like, yo, this is my high school teammate in the free agent pool. Like, yeah. you know, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna edit him and make him a 99. 99 overall, you know, really right? so make a little taller to it. I had some heels to my nigga online, man. That shit funny. Yeah, man. But um, so I think let's let's get to your, your background just a little bit. Um, so you you come from a Nigerian family. Yeah, uh, and everything. So, so how was your your background in terms of 
um, family upbringing um, and just like your earliest memories. Uh, just, you know, I guess like in terms of like, especially like as coming from a, from an English family, there's always a, a sense of just getting into the, the culture, dominant culture that we live in, especially like in New York, but anywhere really. Yeah. So how was it, you know, getting used to uh, another culture and, and just catching the speed of everything? No, it was a clash, man. Like, especially throughout, like, from just growing up to, I say, college, for real. You know, like, I come, I go home, I got, and I, and I did some years in Nigeria myself, so I had this culture where I'm used to just operating a certain way, and then I leave the house, and I go out, you know, to people, I go out, see my peers, like you, and then just older people, and then I had to, like, adapt, and adjust. every day it was, like, a constant adaptation, you know? the adaptation you have more freedom when you leave the house i come to the crib is more authoritative you know militant so yeah yeah definitely especially nigerians for real man i I can relate to that (laughs) (laughs) so it's like when i go out i go out a while out like when i was younger i had a lot more energy when i leave the crib you know and then it it was just just getting a lot of energy out that's what i kind of put into sports for real i was like i think handle it yeah, that's a that's a perfect that's a perfect way of like talking about it because I think yeah. I mean and this is we're we're all it's all it's the same spar we all we're all black but our 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 actual uh what's it called our um experiences could be a little different so how would you say like in terms of the differences of like your experience as a Nigerian American compared to like something like the because it is different just in terms of like the family upbringing yeah. and that's why I wanted to get to a little bit of just like where did you because I I seen you put in the work. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the in the weight room and, and yeah. put on quite the show. But like when it comes to like where you get that work ethic from, can you talk like a little bit about like where did you get that from and where was it still with you? Like my pop wise. Definitely my pops. You know, I see him, he that man like get up every day at like four o'clock in the morning, every day, try to have me up, you know, and he don't ever sleep. Like he just never slept. You know, he teaches, he's doing mental therapy. And then he just like hold me accountable. Like he like beat it down into me for real. Like I wasn't allowed to do anything if I didn't get a certain amount of work done. So it was just kind of like a habit that I just I was now I look at I look back at it now was a blessing. You know, I, I loathed it at that time, but you know, yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of like forced into me though. So I didn't have a choice for real. But it made me who I am and I'm grateful for it, man. And it's definitely something I want to pass down to my kids with a little bit of filter to it, you know, but definitely something I want to pass down to the kids though for sure. I mean, just just like coming from that background, do you think that it's something that gave you just a leg up, you know, yeah. coming just coming out of Valley Stream, you know, because that's it's a place where obviously, you know, there's a lot of talent. And, and we we often say if all three of those schools were put together, yeah. you know, from an athletic standpoint, we, we would take over. That's what I'm saying. We would run, we would run, you know, the state in most sports. Like, yeah. and that's not even that's not even like an exaggeration. Basketball, football, track, whatever you name it, like our school would be amazing. So I would say just that's why we had a lot of people that had trouble cutting through out yeah. of the Valley Stream schools because it was so spread out and it was so hard to get noticed there. So I'm I'm just wanting to know like if that work ethic that was instilled to you at home, you think that's what helped you cut out and got to Stony Brook and eventually to the league. Yeah. Definitely, man, because it, it, it was tough, man. Like, just coming out of Long Island, you know, it's not – it's either lacrosse, you hooping, you know, and just New York in general. It's not really yeah. a culture in football. So, yeah. I, I really – and, like, I was also blessed to be around good people, too, who kind of had exposure. Like, the coach – I mean, remember Shimenti? Shimenti, yeah. He had, like, college connections, so he kind of, like, put me on some camps. And, like, me getting onto the camps, too, like, and showcasing my talent and just getting the exposure. You know, it was exposing myself and, like, just doing a double time, like, after school. Like every every other day, I go to Emmyville to train my trainers. You know, I like I'll do other sports, 
or I go home, I watch documentaries, just watch film, you know, I just really just envelop myself in the game for real. You know, so like it really the work, work is what you put in. Yeah. You know. So I think in terms of yeah, like you said, in terms of growing up in, in Valley Stream. So yeah. when when did you move to to the stream? And and like I said, as somebody who who grew who who, who moved to Valley Stream, I moved to Valley Stream in like in third grade. And you don't realize this, but I can speak on this like being older now. But it was it was super great for my development in terms yeah. of like being in an area like that. You know, I was we were around so many talented people, people that we went to school with, and you don't realize it. But like looking back on it, you could say like, wow, you don't really know how many. Like Brad said, it was so much talent in in that town. Damn. So um, yeah, when Bro. yeah when when did you move to Valley Stream, and came, like, what would you say the effect Valley Stream had on you as a person? I came around 2000 and, 2007. 2007. It was Memorial, the last year Memorial. <clears throat> Ninth grade and so, uh, was that eighth grade? Eighth ninth grade? grade, ninth grade. Ninth yeah, grade. That's, that's about the time I moved there too. Yeah, so, yeah. Queens. But like, listen, man, like everybody was. You had like we were so diverse. You know, the community was so diverse, and people had so much like t- talent and passion. Two different things. You like we had lawyers, we had the athletes, we had doctors. You know, we had performing arts. And, like, and everybody was just like, I feel like we all had like the same mindset in the way everybody just wanted to get theirs. You know, and. We would like we, we, the personalities that were in there, the way we, like everyone would express themselves in every type of way. Like it's just everybody would just confident who they were, and then they just went out and did their own things. And now, like you see it today, you know you got people who you got like me. I, I think I play the league. You got Jeff and them. They got the, the whole clothing line going on. You know they mean all these big time guys. You know business yeah. kind of people. I had. Like you had Richardson, he was out there working at Louis. It's a lot, of, ta- it's a lot of talent in the street. Right, man. Jamal and them, like, like everybody, like y'all all hustlers, man. Like we all out here hustling, man. That's what. So like even even staying there for one second because I saw something recently and it kind of, I don't think it was too surprising when I found out about it, but it kind of yeah. blew my mind for a sec about Central Central High School specifically yeah. was recognized by uh, the New York State Education Department for having like the highest uh, percentage oh, of black male graduation in the whole state. That's so so I think I think it was that I think it was at like 90 percent um really? percentage. So like and, and like and, and I didn't even know what to make of that because that probably takes like some real like case studies to break it down and find out what exactly is why exactly is central graduating more black males than any other high school. And do you like just like trying to theorize, like, do you think like what do you think is that reason? Because obviously it has to be something that they started while we were in school and yeah. it was passed down to some of like the, the last like five, six years or whatever, like decade since we've like basically in school so do you have any like theories on that uh upbringings you know probably just the the way we like we all responded to like authority in a way as well you know it just i feel like like amongst our peers a lot of us didn't care you know in any way and the way just the way we would express it was just like through the work we put in for real but like a lot of like if there was a lot of just open-minded like and particularly our generation just in general man i feel like like, we're just like a lot more open-minded just willing to like go after what we really love, you know, yeah. and like figuring out what it is. People don't do that nowadays. People just want to just go with the go based on what their parents tell them, you know what I'm saying? Or just just follow the system. Like I feel like we all just had the the just the, the courage and just the, the desire to go after our passion and do what we really feel like is in our element. Yeah, yeah. So I think um you started playing um when did you start playing football? 2000 Probably the, the next, you know, I, I got the ninth grade, tenth grade. Tenth so grade. yeah, you had you had two years of football experience before you went to college, right? Is, yeah. That sounds about right. Which is, which is crazy. Which is like it's insane. And 
like that's what like specifically when we talk about you and we'll get into like your 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 history um after after college and um in a little bit but yeah man you you as a you as a talent and like i said watching you um from a from a close age and seeing what you did at Stony Brook, watching you in the East West Shrine game, bro. I, I watched that game. Oh, you saw that game? <laughs> Yo, I watched. That. Yeah, man, it was on. It was on the NFL Network. I remember sitting down and like it, it was wild because you, you you had a great game that day. You Appreciate really, it, man. You had it, and like and like that's the, that's the other thing too. A lot of like you, your your draft stock actually like it was bubbling for like a hot moment there. Like a lot yeah. of like we talk about like, the NFL scouts that be on Twitter. It was they was loving OG, which is why like when we talk about you as a as a talent, you were such a raw athlete, and like you got to where you got to literally off just like, like like hard work. You can't forget the hard work. No. Uh, but you had a you had a talent that was still being cultivated and was still in its like infancy, which is like when it which is like the crazy part because like a lot of times when we when we look at development in NFL players, these guys have you know specialized training from a from an early age. And these guys have these repetitions. So it's just like, how do you think you overcame the the advantage or the disadvantage you had of not being like a, a football lifer like some other athletes? Yeah. Uh like about like besides like the work, honestly, just the people, people I had around me. You know, I had like from my parents to like some like people one people I call my mentors and just even friends. Like they always it was always positive. You know, they all they always check me. Whenever I slacked off, you know, like I—that's hard. That's rare now. That's important too, yeah. yeah. Because a lot of people have just people around them that, yes, you know, they're, they're there for the ride. So yeah, we yeah. doing what you're doing. So like, yeah. you need people that's like, yo, you're not, you're not hitting the practice hard enough. You're not training hard enough. Or even on the other side of it, you're not focusing on the things that's going to allow you to get those things done. Yeah. So you just have to have like the right people in your circle. So I, I do agree with that. Definitely though, that was that was really the most important thing though. You know, they just. Teach me the and they brought me a system. Like I would at 15, 16, I'm worried about like my diet, you know. Like I said, they had me watch film, just little things like footwork, core, a lot of things you wouldn't learn until you get older. You know, just, I had people tell me that when I was younger and I took advantage of it, you know. So I yeah. think in terms, I think in terms of all right, so after after high school, you um you end up getting a scholarship to Stony Brook. What was your what's your major? I don't think I've asked you this actually. Oh, sorry. Health science. Yeah. Health science. Oh, she's also okay. like ridiculously smart. So like, <laughs> so you you mean to tell me, man? Cause, come on, brother. Because I I I I too was a D one athlete. So you mean to tell me that you was taking care of them health them health science classes and Negative. going to practice? Negative. I was out there wasting my time, man. For real, <laughs> straight up. That's what I'm telling you, youngest. Do what the hell you want to do. Because my sport wasn't even as half as demanding as you know a, a money making sport for a school. Right. So I I know how that goes. So I'm trying to figure out like there's no way there's no your fall semester uh-huh. was a dub. Nah, like, it was bad. Yeah, yeah okay. Yo, and like I think about this like regularly. Like I worked a I worked a job like while going to while going to school and like Finding time to do my my work would like be difficult or like just strenuous. So I can only imagine like so imagine imagine and a lot of these athletes also have to get a job. It's not even yeah. like you, know, you have to do the job, school, and then and then you're still understand like and like I said, you you played on the D1 level, so you know how like sophisticated just learning how the game gets, you know, yeah. or just on the next stage. So that takes time. Now you're learning it and then you gotta execute full speed. That's a different yeah. type of learning. And then you're on yeah. top of that, you still gotta go to school. Yeah, you can't be thinking out there too much. That's yeah. one thing. Like when you think and you move as slow, I don't think people understand that. Well, that's a, that's why, 
yeah, you got to, it's a synergy of like literally like mental reps and like, mm-hmm. like training your body to do its race. But um, yeah, yeah I think so stay, staying there actually, because I think that is something we did want to talk about in terms of the difficulty of being a student athlete, <laughs> yeah. especially, especially now it's even as the, as inflation happens and, and the cost of living rises, it gets even worse than like, like student athletes in like the eighties and nineties. So I think what I wanted you to explain for us and some of like the, the listeners we have, Take us on um, into your redshirt freshman season. So I think um, explain to the people what like the redshirt freshman is, how did like that decision get made and what were your days like in terms of like, it's a lot of preparation um, physically to get yourself prepared for the next level. Um, And like you said, learning the game, film concepts, making sure that when you do step on the field for your redshirt freshman year, you're um, you're ready. So yeah, take, take us into that whole, that whole year when you didn't play so like pretty much the rest of the year, essentially, it's pretty much only year to be an actual student, you know, besides the athlete. You didn't you took the year off from games. You were allowed to practice with the teams, you know, left with the teams and all that, but you just weren't allowed to play with games. And they would like will pay you back but give you an extra fifth year at the end of all like your at the end of like your graduation day, you know. So I would like how it was for me, we'd have our practice Monday through Thursdays, and then that's when my weekend start was Thursdays. You know, we'd have to like go to all the home games. We just we couldn't travel with the away. Whenever they had away games, we had the weekends off. So it was pretty chill in certain when I got there. And it was they really hopped on school. They and then the lifts. We had like five AM lifts yep. every time. <laughs> like the workouts, like I'm telling you, they used to set us up. Like I remember my my first time, like all the young of us, they had like the, the food, the old meals and all that in there. And we like smashed the food up. Like we thinking, oh, this shit is new to us. I never had yeah. the OGs eating. It wasn't making us for that. It was nah. giving us the- <laughs> nah. nah, the OGs out there eating a little fruit and all that. We out here stuffing our stomachs up, man, throwing up. <laughs> I-, I can never get the first workout we had. That first red shirt workout, man. It was <laughs> How really, was that? Man, just it was like to, it was pretty much trying to weed out the fat. You know, we were there's a lot of conditioning, just running hills, like wheelbarrows, like all types of stuff, bro. It, it was, Dude, it was those hills will make a man out of you. What it would, man. And that's the thing with school when you first get up there, you you're you know like we been we was in the crib, you know we had our parents was you know stricter than most, but when you get out there, it's just everything is in excess. Yeah, you got everything's excess. The food's in excess. Um, the women are in excess. Like anything you want to do is in excess. So it's just like yeah. you, to try and remember to center back. To your training is where it gets crazy. So that first that first practice is where you learn if you got it or not because it's gonna hurt regardless. Yeah, nothing, nothing you're gonna nothing you're gonna do is gonna nothing you can do is gonna make you prepare for that first practice that they give you. But if you get through it, you know you belong, and then you yeah. start to see the people next to you wilt, and then that's where the confidence comes back. Where like I'm built for this. Mm-hmm. But that freshman year, that freshman year, is tough. yeah, it's humbling yeah, because humbling. it's like everybody was the best from where they came from. That's basically what you learn when you get to like that that level of athletics is when you get everybody was the man in their high school on this team. Mm-hmm. So now you got to figure out who's the man yeah. here. Like every That's competition right. you go to, everybody was the man. So now you got to figure out who's the man on this level. So I think Raz touched on something super like interesting yeah. in terms of like this is this is more of uh, the mentality that an athlete has to go through. And like I said, you guys get athletes in general get looked at as just like brainless creatures. Like I said, you guys don't have any brains to think for yourselves. Just fall in line with what we want from you guys. That's what, that's what they want you guys to do. But you guys are, you guys have your own brains. You guys can't think for yourselves. And the mental um, health aspect of being an athlete is something that people, you know, these people who complain or like go a little, take it a little too crazy, roasting athletes. This is something they don't think about. So like, this is, 
I, and and when you talk about getting butterflies in as an athlete, this is this that's a real thing. You get them, you might get them before games, before big reps, before mm-hmm. anything. Right, and and that's that's a normal thing. Even if you're not an athlete, you start a new job and you're in an environment you're not aware of, you don't know what's going on. You're gonna feel butterflies and and uncertainty. So like, yeah, same with Raz brought up in terms of making a name for yourself and proving yourself. How how do you think? How do you like physically prepare? I mean, mentally prepare yourself to like whether it's like I know even crossing over to the bubble real quick. Somewhere like Jamal Murray, I don't know if people are aware of like his background, but like I remember reading yeah. about it. When he was coming into the league, um, about his relationship with his father and how his father used to always have him do, um, you know, a lot of like yoga and and um, mental mental like health things to get him ready during the actual games and and all that stuff. So it's just like when we talk about making a name for yourself and dealing with the pressures that come for athlete and knowing that if I'm not good on this rep right here. I'm going to lose playing time and yeah. like that pressure right there. How is it working with that? And especially like when, you know, you kill, you, you eat what you kill, you know, yeah. like how's that? How's that? Um, and talk about the toll that takes on the athlete. That's a good question, man. But it, it definitely takes a mental toll. And like, and, and a lot of kids, typically a lot of them don't recover from it, especially like when they don't translate to that next level. Cause when you like, as an athlete, and I'm sure, you know, bro, like when, when you believe that you can go somewhere and, and, and really bank on yourself, man. There is no like plan B, you know. There's none of that. It's like this is what my, life, you know, for real. Like, and there's like a sense of, like desperation, the hopelessness that you like. It's so real, it's so real. You said that it just literally gave me chills because yeah. that shit you were here. Like, so and and like that's why you like with this pod shit. Raz right? was just like, bro, we gonna do this or not? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like for real, bro. You really gotta, you really just gotta do this shit. So yeah, my bad. not to cut you off. Nah, nah. But for real, though, so like. Just, just dealing with that, you know, like how I, I handle it. Like besides, like the like having good people around you, it was really important. Cause there was some times where like I really what did like lose confidence. You know, what I mean, what really did get depressed, man? Cause like things like you go in there and you you're not the man. You really like, you you have to like be your infant all over again. All right, I got to this level. Now I got to start from square one. Like, all right, how do I make my adjustments? You know, and then like have you how how do I stay on top of my school? You know, and how do I deal with people's like ignorance, people who don't understand really what I'm going through, you know. So like what I did, like like I, the music helped, you know. I, I I read some books, like I listen, I said I listen to people around me, and it's really like the the energy you surround yourself with and what and what you decide to give to is really important, man. For real, like it's just who you have around you and what you allow in. And I think I think it's important to let you know people know. Or just I guess in this case, because we getting old, so fuck it, the youth. We gotta, we gotta let the, you gotta next let the, gen, the next gen. yeah, the next generation coming after is like it's mm-hmm. very easy to lose yourself in that, like while you're losing your confidence to lose who you feel like you were, and I think that's an issue. Like you're not gonna be the man once you get to the. I mean, and we should probably stop saying that the man that's, or the that's woman. The thing you just said, man, for real, like, that's You can that's like, it. you can um really like lose yourself, and I think you have to remember because you're out there for a reason. You know, you were brought there to play football. You was brought, I was brought there to run track. You know, people are brought there on whatever academic scholarships they have. The moment you feel uncertainty in that, people start to, you know, really question, do I belong here? And I think you got to remember that you were brought here for a reason. Yeah. Um, It's not going to be easy that first year. Maybe not even the second year. You're playing at a whole different level. And, and in your case, the game is 30 times faster. You know what I'm saying? Like, and for me, like, I guess for track, you know, the focus has to get better because you're you're competing against the country's best at this point so like you know you just have to take time to adjust to the speed of things and you know your whole life because you are at you know they, they treat us as adults allegedly 
But at 18 years old, you're a kid. Mm-hmm. So you're out there balancing all that stuff where six months ago, you had somebody doing everything for you. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the key part they forget to tell everyone. It's just like, you now have to figure all this out on your own. Your own. So, yeah, you yeah, got to so pay I attention. Think that's what, you know, I think that's what we have to, you know, kind of help the, the the youth with because, you know, we got to be the the crutch for them because, you know, a lot of our parents didn't, ha- didn't have any idea what this student athlete life was going to be or this, you know, scholarship for academics was going to be like. It's a real pressure, not from, you know, just your parents, but like the institutions are now putting the pressure mm-hmm. on you as well. Because you make the most money for the schools, you yeah. know? And getting, <laughs> getting nothing for it, though. Nothing. That homecoming week business is Bro. like imperative. That's what? all they're worrying about. That's a full year thing. They Everything everything revolves around that homecoming weekend, you know? Yeah. Like, inside the school. Yeah. It's, that's crazy. And, and Stony Brook, yeah. I know Stony Brook is real big on grades. Um, Just because, like, for all the other sports except football, um, Stony Brook is in the America East. So we were in the same conference. So mm. that, that whole conference has a huge academic cup that is very big. So, like, I, my GPA went under 3-0, and they put me in study hall. So I'm in study hall. Same same way. Same that's way. what I'm saying. 3-0. To the general public, that, I'm chilling, man. Right. What, what? So this is the right. type of pressure that the athletes have to deal with. It's like chaos. Yeah. Like yo, your your grades have to be this high too, and it's just like, all right, what do you want from me? Oh, you get free school, but like, nah. The time that we have to put into that takes away from our growth in a lot of other places, and mm-hmm. only a few of us make it. Yeah. So that that's the issue, you know. Once a lot of these people are done, they don't they all they have was sports at that point. Yeah, arise like what you said was was key though. It's really like. Like maintaining your identity you know, throughout the whole thing, and like that's probably one of the biggest mistakes. I'm mean, not the mistakes, one of the lessons that I learned growing up. Like my first two years, like I had some of the older guys, especially like in football, I had like some of the older guys that I wanted to look that I respected their game and all that. And, and I like change. I forget what got me there, you know, what made me great, or just what about me. And a lot of people they they let the circumstances like take them, you know. And you gotta like stay true to who you are because. If you know who you are, you know what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing, because like obstacles, they're gonna come in life, bro. It's just it's inevitable. Yeah, you, man. You, like they're gonna come. Like you, you gotta if you gotta feel pain to grow and like evolve, you you need that. Like you really need that. You <laughs> know, really, but, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, my bad. Yeah, so just like just be true to yourself and just know who you are, you know. That's how I feel it. So I think um Talking about your growth at Stony Brook and working with the coaches, your senior year, you were named um, CAA uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I think you had uh, 13, 13 and a half sacks that year. Um, and I think the defense you played on, um, I think they had – it was one of the best units, like, oh, in, yes, terms of, in terms of yards yards allowed. So um, what was your growth like at Stony Brook? When, when did you start feeling confident in yourself um, with the work that you were putting in um, with the coaches and the whole staff? My junior year. Definitely. My junior year, I was a few years into our system. I understood it. I knew the defense and I had a lot of good. We had a lot of the talent around us, too. Like the younger guys, they were hungry. They wanted to prove themselves. The guys I came in with, we were trying to like we were finally like the older guys. So we wanted to take over the team on defense. And a lot of us played defense, too. So it was just the chemistry. Just we knew what we wanted to do. And then we got young guys trying to prove themselves. So it was all a perfect combination. So just being in that environment, like helped me grow as a player, too, and say, I got I can't let these guys down. I got a responsibility here, you know. And I wasn't even th- I wasn't even thinking about the league for real. I was just trying to play to win. And like we were just being competitive out there for real. And then it, it One came. Step at a time. That's really all you can control. Yeah. Like, like yeah, that's real. It's fine, man. So I think um even even moving forward after that, I think 
after your your um your senior season, um you were invited to play in the East West Shrine game, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um and you had the whole experience in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. So what w- what was that like getting that that invite to the combine, which is like it's insane. Once you get the invite to the combine, you're like you're like approaching like like my player like levels of like oh, <laughs> like like pinch me this, this shit is actually happening yeah, so man. um take take us through that I, I don't know how long that whole was it was it a week there I'm not sure exactly how long about a week about a about week, a week. About a week. Um, the, the the drills and the interview process uh take us take us through that in terms of like once you got there uh preparing for the for the uh for the combine and everything mm-hmm. that whole week yeah so when, when I got there believe it or not the easiest part was the actual combine itself so yeah, that was the easiest part for real. The rest, man, it was straight interviews. You had your public interviews, you know what I'm saying? Where you had like the scouts and like the positional coaches interviewing you in the public room. And then you have like your private means where it's just you in the room. And then you have the general manager, you have the, the assistant, the head coach, your D coordinator, positional coach. They got you drawn up all types of stuff on the board, asking all types of personal questions. And you just have to take it. You know, we, and one of the days we had a drug test three o'clock in the morning, and then that's that three a.m. drug at test. Least, at least in college they give you six a.m. at the sports center. Damn, Bro. three a.m. <laughs> so was, like insane. Right? No, no, no. We all knew we was getting drug tested. Okay. You know, going no, into you didn't know it was gonna be at three a.m. No, no, we they told us the day before three a.m. Oh, like, <laughs> it's like nine o'clock. We find out. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, but, oh, no, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't. It was, and then the medical stuff really like let you have some like surgeries or whatnot in college because you know like if they want to make that investment in you they got to make sure yeah, like, right yeah. everything yeah, yeah. MR, the, just the waits for the MRIs took forever the MRI itself and then when you get evaluated by the team doctors from each team you got you is you it's you in the room in just your compression shorts got die body for body part just yanking on you making sure you good you let you <laughs> They right taking their notes down, you know. You got you let them measure. They measure your height, weight. It's just you. For the most part, you're in compression shorts. For the most part, you're in compression shorts. It's really like yeah. it's really like an auction. That's why they call it the underwear Olympics. Yeah. Literally, it's an auction for real. You know, what I mean? yeah, you, it's, had, you had the damn, number on it. Like, sound like it's fucking cattle, bro. It's like it, it is. It is. Trying <laughs> to get out. They measure your height and weight. It's like a you and there's a room, there's a room full of just coaches and all that. 235, 62, number 41. Not even by my name or nothing. You know, number 41. And did they look at them? I guess the numbers on the charts, you know, but it, it was crazy. Do but you, I, did you go ahead? Now go ahead. But I saw like all the coaches that I saw on TV though. So that was cool. Like Rex. No, that's, Ryan, why, that's why I wanted to that's what I want to ask you about. Yeah. Like, did you get any we're gonna talk about the specific coaches <laughs> you had experience with, but did like because this is that was your job interview. The same way we're gonna go on a job interview. Uh it's it's the same dynamic, except yeah. Like, except there's a lot more on the line, like for yours. And like, I, I can remember sitting in like a job interview and like getting caught off guard by like a question. So like one of those questions where like it literally like your head scrambles for a second. Like, wait, what did you ask me? Like, did you <laughs> did you have any anything strange? Like, we know the stories about the wild shit they ask. Yeah. Did anything? Did you get anything like wild asked to you, or like something that even made you like do a quick little side eye? Like, would you would you ask nah. me that for? Now, not 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 personally. I was just more so shocked at how much they knew about you going into it. Like they were pulling them some shit about me, like from like Valley Stream. What they say? Like, what like? No, no, no. Like like we bro, that nigga that Green Acres move. <laughs> like like just the coaches. Bro, you you know cut I mean? you cut math on like like third period. Like, like nah, for a bendy. 
like like he brought up like one of the coaches like brought up Cementi's name and how I, I guess I guess he just he was trying to he's like how's Cementi doing like shit like dumb shit I did freshman year in college you know like one time one of my homies and I like we we took like some condoms from, like a broken vending machine you know what I mean like some shit like like that freaking the GM brought that up. Like brought that. I'm like, yo, I was even locked up for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yo, I, yeah, that's petty. That's petty crimes. Come on, yo, bro. for real. Like, but they know everything though about you. <laughs> they really know everything about you. That was like the one thing I said. Oh, all right, that's impressive. But nah, nobody asked me no crazy shit though. No. Like, not like that. Thank God. I don't know how to respond to for real. So we we know like the the things they ask like that's Brian and it's like something like that. You ask me something about like my mama like that. I'm like. Yeah, I'm 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 bound saying. to just walk out like like yeah, I don't know how I'm reacting to that man for real. No, you, you really you really never know how you're gonna yeah. react to that. Uh so I think I think I think moving forward a little bit and I read a I read a super interesting article and it really talked about this theory um about how basically basically the theory is about in the NFL how the higher draft picks are like given a way longer lease to succeed. Um, in throughout the actual economy of the NFL, basically, to where you have like GMs, this is a big investment. You're talking money, so those higher picks are going to get uh, those more opportunities to grow. Um, inside the article, it made a lot of great points talking about this in terms of you got your guys like Kurt Warner, you got your guys like Arian Foster, Brady, these guys who were Marcus Colson, guys who were late round picks who needed a break to even get that chance to show that they belong. Um, but like in terms of like competing, like I said, that whole staying on that that mind state of a of an athlete, and when you got to that next level in the NFL, how was it just mentally preparing yourself and going against guys that you might have like in, inside your head? This is a this is an athlete thing. Like if if you're on the field and you don't think you're the best, you're kind of gonna be fooled out there. Yeah. So it's just like you, like I said, come coming back to that mental belief. And, and everything, but like just in terms of going against or just the politics in the NFL, like how did what did you learn from that being in like inside of these buildings um as you were going back and forth? Mm, it's just it's beyond like it, it's definitely like an adjustment you have to make. It's like all right, I did I gotta do what got me there, but also I gotta understand there's also a, a game that you kind of gotta play. Like what the, like going back, if I could do some things differently, I'd apply myself more like to special teams. I like just it's about bringing value in different things, you know, because like what I did, they drafted, like I said, they put a lot of investments into guys, you know what I'm saying? The draft picks, you know, who were able to deal with, who had a lot of room for error. I was, I was undrafted, you know, so I didn't, my room for error was not as large as the other guys. I thought because since I, I balled and I did my thing and I, I brought the buzz out, it was enough. But then they though, like the money, Gets the gets the love out there, and, that's and you got caught. You got caught in a in a in a, in a roster bubble, and like exactly. it really wasn't about it. Really wasn't about your talent, and nah. like I said, when we talk about cultivating talent, and you nah. being a super raw athlete, like in in certain yeah. dynamics, like a lot of times they're just looking for the replaceability and and getting that next hot body in there. Younger. So yeah, younger, younger, and all that stuff. But it's just like you know, and, and like even when I thought about it, because like it, it was wild. So one of my one of the craziest moments ever is like. I don't know if I caught it live, but I definitely saw the, the clip floating around um, where like Mel Kuyper was asked by Kevin Nagandi on ESPN. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, Victor Ochi, look out for me in top three rounds out of Stony Brook. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, yo, that's wild. And it's just like, that's top three rounds we would have threw. The town would have been on fire. No, but, and, but that's, that's, that's like, that's what pissed me off because like yeah. the NFL, like the, the draft is an unexact science to begin with. Like, 
there's nothing perfect about the draft, and there's a lot. There, there's going to be talent that falls through the cracks. Yep. But like the the truth, the truth of the matter is, is like sometimes I could look at it and it's like, I'd be like, nah, I really feel like they dropped the ball on that. Like I look at it and I'm, I'm like, nah, if you really need somebody, like if you give somebody, it, I really truly believe Vic. If you got that chance, like you really would have. And and honestly, before even before your injury, you was you starting to like grow a lot more. Mm-hmm. That's that's the, that's the wild part of it. it's like I think and I think you you um spoke about this in terms of like how everybody isn't like it's like the numbers game. Yeah. But but yeah, man. So I think how, how did how did that entire process for you and I think one of the most interesting things was after after the draft, uh John Harbaugh basically told one of his scouts, he was just like, do whatever you have to get this guy in the camp. Mm-hmm. So what what was your what was your interactions like when you made it to the Ravens? Um, a pretty loaded roster. I know, like even some of the lower guys. Like, I think Darren Waller was on that roster. Then nobody. <laughs> Darren Waller was on the roster then. Um, and a lot. Of, I think. Um, was Steve Smith camp that year? His last year. That's his last his year. Last year. His last year. Right so, behind, man, man. What was it? Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yo. So, what, what were your interactions like? And, and, and even before the, not because you um, my long winded ass. But the the wild part, the wild part is like you got picked up by like teams that know what they're doing that's the crazy part to me like they saw something there so yeah. it's just like we're talking about like even monday night football this week chiefs ravens mm-hmm. um we had your coffee, cup of coffee with the chiefs you had your cup of coffee with the ravens even um the titans playoff team last year these are organizations that can spot talent we, we know this is a fact so yeah going going back to just in terms of like what was that interaction with uh with harbaugh and what do you remember like memories from from being in baltimore in the locker room now harbs like, he's definitely a great coach like he 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 runs he got a program he's strict but he had, he's definitely organized. Like he'll you we have we watch film. He got he will have refs in the film room, like just like explaining certain things. All right, yo, listen, you can't get away with this, you could get away with that, you know. Like he had like he was big on like the game within the game, you know. Like he the the scouting, the scouting teams, he had guys like he did he invested into his scouting. Like they were very personable. Even even after I leave, even like after I'm gone today, like scouts were still keep in touch when I was in the Jets, you know what I'm saying? Like he made you feel from the worst player on the team to the best player on the team, like you all were important, you know? And he was just big on, on expressing yourself and expressing your identity, you know? So how Harbs was definitely like when I learned so much from him, for real. Like I, if I would have went back, I would probably would have stayed there a little longer and, and like invested more into learning. Like I was, my problem was too, like I was just trying to get the back too early. So I thought I was going to find out between other teams, you know, but like they they probably run the best football ever. Like for real, like Steve, like, and the vets, will, it would chill, man. Like Steve Smith, Suggs at that time, it was on um, was the running back at the time. Forsett, you know, and, yeah, yeah, they really they that was that was a great culture, man, for real. It was a great experience. What was what would you describe as like your your welcome to the NFL moment? Whether it's like oh, uh, during, during one of the games or like camp, but like what was that first moment? You just nah, it was camp, bro. It was camp. camp. Yeah, I didn't know the play. I don't know one play. I didn't know what I was doing. So I said, "Fuck, I'm just gonna go." And the full one of the fullbacks on the team, he came around to crack block. You know, they was running. It was like one of those toss plays. So yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> from the outside. To- yeah, man, I'm dead <laughs> up the field. I'm, I'm coming in free. I'm like, all right, I'm about to come. Yeah, you didn't, oh, you're free man. for a reason, man. <laughs> have, have my leg, <laughs> right. flying in the air, bro. I almost, I almost knocked, I almost knocked out, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, I got put down. Uh, it, it was tough though. Like, like. Baltimore Ravens training camp is the hardest, one of the hardest training camps ever, you know, and physical, physical team, though. But it was was great, though. I mean, and I just want to, just because I want to know, 
Because <laughs> you were in Baltimore, that's a great culture. Yeah. <laughs> I already know each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talking about the Jets? I'm a, my father blessed me with that infliction of being a Jets fan. It's, or affliction, sorry, for the for the listeners. And what is what how is your time with them? I know we skip it over a patch, but we gotta go from worse from first. Nah, to get to it, yeah. Yeah, we gotta get straight to it. Talk to me, man. What, Nine day. Nine day. You had more you had more freedom, but it was just seems like the issue. Yeah, like from the, from the front office to down, bro. Like people like got new guys who come in every day to replace different guys. Like they, they kind of didn't like kind of have an identity. They didn't know what they wanted to do. You notice these things as a player. Like you do yeah. notice these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we noticed as fans. So, so <laughs> they had no idea what they were doing, man. They didn't know who to trust, you know, and then just certain plays just felt like, you know, that needed to be checked a little bit, weren't checked by the older guys, you know, and just a lot of things, bro. People were, it was just, it was not a, a unit. It wasn't a unit at all, bro. It wasn't at all. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, I, and I can see that um, my father, he's uh, he's been with them, like, just from the, on the radio side for, like, 20 years. So just even from that aspect, like, you're just like, man. Like, oh, wow. I didn't even <laughs> Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. They competition yeah. top down. Like, yeah, right. but nah, I mean, ESPN Radio is great, so that's <laughs> no issue. Shout out to the Jets. And the oh, no, shout out to yeah, yeah, we not uh, we not gonna slander the organization, but just from the a standpoint of, <laughs> we just gotta get some continuity. Like there has to be some semblance of this is what's gonna be the Jets way. They got they got to change ownership. No, for <sighs> real, got to change ownership from the top top. Yeah. That's what it's gonna make me. You're gonna make so much money in New York, you know what I'm saying? The MetLife, you know, same thing like with the Knicks, though, you know, in the garden. Like you're gonna make so much money off it, it don't matter if the team's successful or not. You know, I mean, is is that the truth for, for the MetLife though? Because it, it is in they still sell tickets, man. Jets they fans do, are really packing, packing them stadiums up. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Right. You know the you know they sell. That's got truest fans. They got real fans for real. Yeah, <laughs> clearly I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> My pop Jets fan, like he was big on the Jets, man. Yeah, man, it's painful. Who, who are you a fan of? Big Blue, man. That was yeah, my Giants. Yeah, he, he, he love himself. He love himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, I think even even um like I said, going back to time you spent in in Kansas City, and I'm not sure. Um, timeline wise, if you interlap or in it, like swap time with with Mahomes, but it was around that that yeah. area. But um, do you have any uh, memories in terms of interacting with Andy Reid and and that whole staff in Kansas City? And, and like I said, uh, I think Tyreek Hill was definitely uh, in that team before he made name for himself. Yeah. Um, around it. what do you remember from? What do you take away from your time in in Kansas City? It was cool, man. Like, so I got there towards the end of the Jets here. They picked me off, off the practice squad going into the playoffs. So yeah. I, I was there for throughout the playoffs and then to before OTA started, like right when we was on the field. So we was there for yeah. workouts. And, man, it was it was definitely kind of like some of the balls went away, you know, as far as like just organized. And like the, but the locker room was tight. Like the players like ran that locker, man. For real. Andy Reid kind of let the players like run things. He was – he's a smart offensive-minded guy. But like Eric Berry, bro – one of the greatest leaders I've ever met in my life, man. Shout out to Eric Berry. Shout out to Eric Berry. Legend. I mean, a legend, man. Yeah, he's, nah, he's a legend. He's a legend. Real Smart guy. Yeah, Tyreek was baller. All the Marcus Peters, Justin Houston, Tom Bali, all them, man. That was a squad. That, that was a squad. That squad was loaded. That squad was on that too, right? I think D4 was like that too, man. Who was the running back on there? 
at that time it was it was Jamal. Jamal got hurt, but he was Jamal, there. Jamal, man, that was that was a football yeah. player, man. Yeah. Damn, I got put some. You put some bread in my pockets. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fantasy, you always, you oh, always for sure. You gotta top, drive it. Top five. Then the ACL going, you're like, ha. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> but shout out to Jamal Charles, man. That was uh, damn. That was a good team. So you was around a lot of. A lot of real vets, a lot of real pros, and a lot of real talented people in, in the, your stint in the league. Mm-hmm. It was fun, man. Definitely a good experience. Now, I think um, even even staying in that aspect in terms of being a player. So I think, and like I said, it's it's super sad, man. The the athlete shelf life is is very short in general. Like we, you know, this coming in this is what they tell you. Like even like le- like legitimately after Saquon blew his knee out, like he literally like it it it, it messed my mood up. Like it put me in a shitty mood, and like like my knee is in fine health. Like I yeah. it felt like my knee was fucked up. Um, but like yeah, you had the unfortunate um situation of, of blowing your knee out. Um, and like it's that's fucking depressing. But like in in terms of like like mentally, how did you like keep yourself positive and and like you know stay stay in good spirits after something like something catastrophic like that happens? Because people don't realize the dark places these athletes can get when you think about the pressure that they put on themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like where you get yourself value from in terms of like your profession, it's a really tough field, man. That's when I talk about we don't talk about these guys' mental health. So it's just like, how difficult was that for you? And I and I know you spoke about like what helped you stay in, in good spirits, but like what was that time in your in your career like for you? Low. Low, because it was probably the it was so unpredictable. You know, I was figuring the game yeah. out. I was I was getting my I was getting in the swing of things and like I had a really I was building a good rapport with people in Tennessee too. You know, they they brought me, they was won't even it won't even bring me back after the first my first ACL tear. So I tore it twice. On the same knee, so they was want to bring me back, and they did. And it was, it was like, why well, I had all these. You go from like having all these plans and goals for yourself, and like, and want and working to get there, and then to saying, all right, now I gotta like switch up everything now, you know. And just I didn't. It, it was tough to deal with for a while. It was really tough to like to recover from like this first three months, man, and just not just being in the couch, not being able to move. It, it was definitely hard, man, for real. Like so, but what what like got me for. Like I, I really got close. I ain't gonna front. I don't wanna get religious, but I got close with God. No, no, no. You, you gotta find something. Like, you have to find yeah, something. You really got prayed up. It was just out fine. of control. I didn't know what to do with it. No, like in something like that stuff, like mental stuff like that. And it's just like, bro. I think one of the most sad things ever, Raz. You've probably seen this, bro. And it's been happening for like years, um, with Delonte West, bro. I think even like one of my, oh. I, got, I got a friend that lives yeah. in, in the Dallas area, and yeah, he, put on, he put me on game with this like years back. So it's just like when I when I see it, it popping up, it's just like you don't know, like yeah, like but, but stuff like this can lead you into a a dark twister of just like a, a turn in your life. So it's just like you say you find religion, it's just like yeah, man, you you could find like like a lot of people turn to drugs, alcohol, like in in a lot of like unhealthy vices. So it's just like it's a, it's a great thing, and not to like stop you cut you off, but it's just like no, it's, 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 people don't have these conversations. It's not, you know, it's not. and like going to going like to the next athlete, it's just like you gotta you have to find something to where like will make you like bring your spirits up again. Yeah. Like I went from like like reaching my dreams, tasting my dreams to like feeling like I had none, you know. Like because I, I I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm undrafted, you know, and then I'm hurt now. You know what I'm saying? So now I might what I had working for me when I was young, but 
it, it was just a lot of like you got to like start all over. You know, like you you invest so much into it. That's like, so why I said back earlier. Like, there's no plan B. There's none of that. So like, there's there's a hopelessness you get after it when shit doesn't go your way because that's the reality. Things are not going to go your way. You know, it's not. It's really not. And like even yeah. like I. I I relate to this like the pandemic hit us all in such oh, crazy man. different ways. And it's just, like I relate to that, and it's just like I, I haven't been in your situation. <laughs> but when you talk about like like bro, I had a I had a job I had a job um offered at the beginning of the pandemic, right? And like mm. everything was falling out. I'm like, oh shit's going great, right? Everything like when, when shit's going great, shit's going great. And then like pandemic hit, job off the table. I'm just like literally I couldn't I had no control over that. Yeah. So it's just like you gotta and like I got laid off myself. I mean, yeah. from a from a job that I, I believed was my dream job. Like, and I think you know, it hit it hit a lot of other people too. Like, even like, you know, these leagues that had to fold. I mean, just to segue into that, like, XFL, man. Yeah, like for, you, for you, the same thing happened to you. Like, you were getting back on track towards where you want to be, and the pandemic, you know, even took that away from the professional athlete. So. You know, I think that's it's kind of one way to tie like how crazy this year has been. Um, for everybody, and, it don't matter. Yeah, for everybody, it does. It doesn't matter. It don't and, matter. And even you know, except for the rich like, people, actually. Let's yeah, not say everybody. Yeah, yeah. The rich people, yeah, rich people are fine. Yeah. <laughs> rich people are fine. People definitely got richer this year. Definitely, yeah. so, <laughs> they good. Mean, they not. They not struggling at all. They good. So just um, just with like you know being an athlete and you know that sense of not having a plan B. When when the XFL kind of folded this year, you know what kind of toll did that take on you? Oh yeah, I, I, it made me retire, like for real. I had to walk away. You know, I'm not like I'm turning 27 next week. You know, so like I'm not getting younger. You know, and it's like I, I was two years out prior to because of injuries. I was like it was in the politics. The politics don't change. You know, the politics don't change the game. So I just had to be real with myself. It's a lot of what you, it's a lot of who you know. Yeah, like, you know, who you know. That's, and that's just not even just like sports; it's life in general. Life, you, who you know and, and the value you bring, you know, it's just you can't go without the two at all. So, like, but my thing is though, as far as that goes, is just like really going back to like your element. You know, like one thing I would I would say that all, all young, especially the younger guys, like who the COVID kind of like changed everything for them. Like just to having that willpower as an athlete, just being able to push through. You know, having the work ethic that a lot of people, it's just, that's not a common thing. You know, if you could find something that you really like, you willing to go through any measure, like, you know, no matter how the obstacles come your way or not, like if you, because if you can believe in yourself and love what you do, you go, you go off everything. Like there's nothing that can stop you, you know, nothing that can stop you. That's why like, even, even like talking about that, man, and like controlling, control what you can control. It's something like, I'm going to say this a million times. Yeah. Even when, when, even when I, I analyze, like, doing whatever type of scouting I might be doing, you got to look at it through a certain lens of what was that. And, and that's, the, that's the crazy thing about football, and I don't think people realize this when they watch football. And, Ochi, you watch film. We've we we we've been in, we've been in, like, we was in, in film rooms, like, in high school watching film, going on college watching film, NFL, you watching film. You know, I don't think people realize, like, like I, I watch – my NFL experience, like weekly, like or any Sunday, I'm watching. I'm probably watching Red Zone. I might have another game up, you know. But on like a broadcast, like the game broadcast, it's hard to actually like. If you want to like analyze somebody's job, you can't really do it on the broadcast TV. You need the, you need the um the all twenty two. You need the actual view so you can see on a football field. Everybody has their yeah. Everybody has their their specific goal and their specific 
actual aspect that you have to take care of, which is why like that's that's why like when I analyze people, you gotta you gotta focus on their skill set, you gotta focus on the process over the results. Cause sometimes the results is there's a lot of reasons that come into their final result. So like and, and that's why I just like being proud about what you accomplished, like regardless of like how it played out. Like I said, man, like hold your head up high. Like you coming from where we you grew up, bro. You were, you were fucking star to all of us, um, and, and what you did. So always like remember that. Um, oh, yeah. but yeah, talking about talking about focusing on the the process in terms instead of the result. Like, what do you what is that? What does that mean to you in terms or just in generally of the work you have to put in and and not the final process or result? I mean, result. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, nah, I got what you mean. Yo, the process is everything. You you gotta like love the process more than the results. You know, you gotta be like apply yourself to learning. Like a lot of people and and myself in particular made the mis- the mistake I made. I was trying like get the bag even, and I feel like I put enough work in. I still feel like I could have like applied myself more to the process. You know, like it's okay. Like Tom, Tom is as much as you don't have time, you do have time in a way. You know, so like if put that into learning. Like learning, but if people like had they they get so excited about the money so much and they they miss certain details. They don't get good at, at what they want to do, and then when the opportunities do present itself, inevitably they're not ready for it. The opportunities are always going to be there, you know. It's just about being ready when the time calls, and people are not ready, you know. So that and it's because the process, they, they you you get rejections here and there. Things don't go all your way, and then oh, this is not for me. But that's why like, loving what you do is important because you want to put your ego aside. You know, it's really putting that ego aside for real. Yeah. You know? Especially dealing with other people. For a fact. So one question I, I do have, um, you know, just because I know you're always going to have this mindset because this is built in, you know, like the, that athlete mindset is something that that we even when we're done, we can't put it away. We apply it to different things, you know, in life. So so what what is, you know, like like me and Sean, we we had to flip our whole mentality this year and this became a plan A. So what's what's plan A for you coming up next? Well, I'm getting more into like the community now. Like I want, I've put up parts, you know, I've applied myself with the whole COVID into learning like the whole wholesaling and real estate investing, like, like residential, residential home, single family home. So I've really been getting into that and applying myself. So anybody trying that's to sell properties, just putting it all out there. Like I'm a, that's I'm dope, a bro. Buy black, buy black. You got yeah, it. Buy um, black. And I want to. What, what does that mean to you? And like, um, when you talk about communal aspects, and like, I grew up. I mean, I mean, grew up. I'm I'm out of Harlem right now, um, yeah. right now. So it's like, we talk about that community like aspect. It's super big. What does that mean to you? I, you gotta like, you gotta support your own. You know, at to the point. Like, I, I feel like the, the difference between, especially like us and, and different people, is that we don't really, like, we don't have so much faith in ourselves as much you know like like you look at the jews you look at china you know white folks you know they they take care yeah. of their own they, they invest they invest into themselves you know people i feel like we try to like not everybody but like some of us try to be like others too much and then they don't yeah. like, yeah. try to buy into because we disconnected we, we, we disconnected we've been, disconnected. Disconnected. We've been conditioned yeah. to think that that's the goal so now we're trying to buy into that goal instead of buying back into us. So that's definitely an issue. We we could talk about that for a whole. As a community, like it's special, because as a community, like the community been fragmented for so long. Oh, so when you think about why is it like this, it's like yeah, it's it's been in the works for so long, man. That was the plan, though. That was that was the plan. It, so, it ain't no accident. It, it is not no accident. People have to be aware that that listen that you have to recondition. The, you got to change the way you think and look at the world. You know, it's all perspective at the end of the day, and it's about what you believe in. You know, if so you I pop, think, 
I got haircut, bro. Yeah, nah, go ahead, go ahead, OG. My bad. I'm saying if you positive, you see opportunities. If you don't, you're always gonna keep complaining. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's a gem right there. That's definitely a gem, man. Because honestly, your mental is like so powerful, and you don't notice the power it has on a daily basis, even when you're just talking about how you handle the issues you have. But I, I think while we're on this subject, though, something that's super topical, I think you were your your time in the league definitely overlapped a little bit with everything that happened with Cap. So not to, you know, Cap Cap is a is an icon in, in all of our eyes for what he stood for and, and what he what he went through and the principality of it over everything and, and how I can look back at it and this is something I'm I'm super big on because I don't need immediate gratification on 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 my tip my analysis or, or or anything I do because I understand that when I'm when you're a principal individual you put your you put your ten toes down on something you believe in something that you know is correct or yeah. something that you, you like you you just swing towards so you can you can believe or or have like faith that what where you're coming from is a, is a, is a valid um, ideology. So when we talk about Colin Kaepernick, what, what does he mean to you in terms of looking what he went through in terms of like basically becoming a pariah around the league and, and giving up his career fighting for the community like like we spoke about. Man, I got no respect for him for that. Like he he rolled the dice, took a gamble at the cost of his career. You know, he, he's definitely a martyr for real. But like just the impact and the awareness he brought, especially like now, like because now people are complaining about now how like you know based on like you know the, the George Lloyd, the Breonna Taylor, the shooting, and the way we react on it. Everybody's afraid now about how angry we are now. But he tried to bring awareness to the same thing in a very diplomatic fashion. You know, so I think now like. We are really we gonna we gonna see the true fully impact of what he's yeah. done, you know. So he, he's definitely definitely a pioneer, one of the pioneers for all this. And now, like in today's age, yeah, man. Now shout shout out to Cap, man. It's, it's so wild. What they, it's so wild what they did to that man. And even like yo, they put him back in Madden. This is like, bro, yeah. what are we, what are we just doing? Just pay the man. Just pay the man. Like just pay the man. Madden. That's what they they put him back into. I I, mean, I I turned on the Madden one day and it said Cap is back after yeah. two. Years. I, I'm like, <laughs> Like they are so blame with the way they try to exploit us, bro. They don't even try to hide it, <laughs> bro. They got. I'm like, I'm playing man. I'm like, bro. They really put the end racism on the, yeah. the back post. I'm like, this man ain't got no job though. Like, this man ain't got no job. Shout, shout out to that, that Nike deal though. Hey, shout out to that. <laughs> it's not. It's it's not about the bread. It, it was never about the bread. Nah, uh, and that's and the, we can make it about the Nike deal, but it was never about the bread. Yeah, yeah. nothing wasn't, man. Because if we talk, if it's about the bread, Cam is Cam being gypped too right now. Like Cam underpaid. Cam is no. super underpaid. I can't wait for him to take over this year. Honestly, I'm bro, really. I can't do it though. He's he don't. I can't. It, yo, yeah, watch I know, Cam in the know, it's, a, it's a nasty clash of the culture and <laughs> and loves me to say it. It loves yeah. me to say it. But I'm real from New England, yo. <laughs> yo you know, I just I just want. I can't. I can never say no shit like that. And there was. It was one time I almost did it, and it was because I, I was in high school. The, the fucking Giants fans That's was in my ear. The fucking Giants nah, was in my nah. ear. And That's then work. I, it, it's terrible work. And then Randy Moss, it was like, damn, can Moss get one? But it's like he gonna get one with, with Bill and Tom. And I'm like, ah, I can't do it. So I gotta. Ah. It's like, it was one of those where I couldn't, yo. Know, but now if Boston wins again, it's another Boston win. So what do we like? It's still bad for us. No, it's not even just a Giants thing. It's a it's New York. You know, it's hilarious. I, I saw I somebody get. say 
Go ahead, Ochi, go ahead. No, nah, I, I get it. Like, I, I guess it's different from the Giants fans because we already beat them twice, you know? So, like, the more they win, the more immortalized we looked, you know, in a way. That's the Patriots why I, win. The Patriots win it. doesn't bother me. I hated when the Eagles – when Philly won, I said, I'd rather break yeah, their yeah. Than this, that, yo, what for years? You know how much shit out of here for that? He was always had that on Philly fans, so I got family oh in Philly. So I was, <laughs> I was big. Y'all, y'all, gave, y'all gave the Eagles too much shit. So that one championship that they are shoving down your throat right now. Today, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Till today, I'm still hearing it, man. The Cowboys stay bad. <laughs> Get the Cowboys still bad. Yo, bro. Facts, bro. Facts. They, That'd be That's another one they pimping out. Prescott. Like, oh, if you sit here and hand out what he's done, you know, like, all right, yeah, he hasn't won and all that, but if you want to see his resume, like, he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he earned his back ready in my Definitely. eyes. So I think one of the final things before we get you out of here, OG, and like I said, man, shout out to you for hopping on here. But we do need, this is a very important question. We have a professional edge rusher on the show today. So we would be remiss if we did not get your Mount Rushmore, your top five, Favorite defensive lineman in NFL history? Oh, top five. Are we doing his top five? Just favorite or the top five? His Mount Rushmore, like who are the best? Yeah. I yeah. think I, you can – I whatever, you, you we'll follow you on that one, man. I'm not even tripping. <laughs> I'm not top, even tripping. Top five, I say, like, my favorite – I like I like Aaron in no particular order. I don't I don't I don't know one through five. That's I just know my five. All right, Aaron Donald <laughs> is definitely in there. Got to put Aaron Donald. Size guys, he's a goat. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. I, I'm gonna be biased. I gotta put Mike Strain in there, man. Mike Strain, my dog, man. That was the bruiser and a media goal. legend, too. Legend in two games. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta put some respect on straight hand name. Him, I put that's tough, man. There's a lot of dogs out there. I got, I gotta give it, I got, I gotta give it to JJ. I gotta put JJ in there. Gotta put JJ. Yeah, yeah, he won the greatest end, end season ever, so he has to kind of be on that. Yeah, list. I guess. <laughs> we Julius, yeah, we just <laughs> Julius Peppers, though, man. Julius Peppers might be the greatest Ooh, though. I got, I, I gotta say Julius Peppers though, bro. He made, uh, like he was he catching picks, getting sacks. You know, He's gotta be one of the most athletic dudes to ever play ever. in the NFL. Uh, like, like, for <laughs> and then five, I, I throw Khalil in there. Khalil, Khalil, Khalil. Mack. Yeah, all around. Yeah, you know Yo, who doesn't I, who doesn't get the love they deserve? I think it, like we've just forgotten him. But Freeney, as far as what though, pass rush or DN? I'm just going after the quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to John Abrams too, Abraham, Abraham. You got it. Oh yeah, he gave. Nah, he gave. He gave just a lot of work. You can never yeah. front on a front on him. Nah, he nah. was a dog. There's a few. When you put pass rushes, man, it, it, it's, a, it's a different list out there, man. It's yeah, so, yeah, you that, that pass rush game is, is filthy. But if you was trying to – I think you was putting together just your, your full package as a DN. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Pass rushing, man, I don't know. D-Ware is – like D-Ware, Vaughn, Chandler Jones, you know. Yeah, Chandler is a – Yo, them, them Bosa boys is <laughs> – Oh, you know, prayers up for Nick, you know, for his knee, not, not for his Trump stuff, but – but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but Brad, you, got any, you got any final questions, bro? Uh, man, I mean, again, I, I just want to thank you for hopping on here with us. But less than the show for a fact. This is this is a this is a value stream royalty episode right here. This is gonna be one of my favorite episodes that we've done, and probably will live on for that. Appreciate but um, 
I just want to know. I mean, it's it's a cliche, it's a cliche uh, question, I guess. But like, when you signed that first, you know, that first deal, you know, what was that feeling like? Everything, everything. Yeah, I, 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 I said, great question. Hey. I, said, I didn't even think to put that write that down, but honestly, facts. Yeah. Thank you, I, that's why you yeah, hit me. Definitely shed some tears, man. For real, like I just all, all the work I put in, you know, all just all the ups and downs, just everything was just worth it, you know. Like that was big. Probably the biggest feeling though was like me playing on getting on the Jets field, you know, being activated and like seeing all the people that helped me get to where I get to, just like seeing all like the products of my work out there, you know, like people just having people that believe in you and and going with it, like that was like my thing. Like I like you you banked on me, you were right, you know. So like that was everything for me. I mean, but yo, once again, I think this was a, a great episode. Um, if you were listening to this on a live stream or you're checking this out on the podcast later, uh, appreciate you and I hope you did enjoy this episode today. Um, one time for Victor Ochi on the show. Thank you, my bro, for hopping on. Um, appreciate like I said, man, yo, you made the you made the hood proud. Uh, it was amazing watching your story and like yo, you at the end of the day, we all looking up to you. And honestly, bro, we gotta get you on here again in the future. Um, if you have any final things you want to tell the people, anything you want to plug. Uh, please go ahead. But once again, yo, thank you so much for hopping on the show today. Nah, I appreciate y'all, man. For real, man. Thank you. Just call me anytime. For real. Thank you, man. We out of here. Yo, Draft Season Podcast, we out of here. Already. Right.